Good morning. This is Father Son 49ers Talk. I'm Paul. And I'm what? And today we're going to talk about the loss to the Vikings we had this weekend. This weekend it was a little bit of a disappointing game. Obviously, the Niners lost, which always makes it a disappointing weekend. But the way we lost, Wyatt, kind of makes it a little more disappointing, doesn't it? It makes it a lot more disappointing, in my opinion. We'll get into the reason why. I think anybody that watched the game knows why. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I kind of took away from it is that it was a team loss. And we had our opportunities to win this game. And you come in, and when you say that the defense is going to keep them under, keep the Vikings offense under 20 points, you think that, yeah, we're probably going to win that game. Uh, that just wasn't the case. It's hard to say that with that powerful of an offense. And our defense, well, our whole team's an underdog, really. And I don't know, I think it's, if I think we talk to a normal person that isn't a Niners fan, I don't think they say we keep them under 20 points anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We, sh- we shouldn't be keeping that. We should definitely be winning any game. Any game that your defense keeps a team under 20 points, you should win that game. If you're a competent offense, you should be winning that game, and there really shouldn't be much of a question about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we have a you, – you gave me a little bit of good news this morning, didn't you, bud? A little bit. So uh, before we get into the rest of the game, um, there's actually a couple different pieces of, of news. But And what was the news you gave me this morning? Well, my eighth grade science teacher has found us, and now she listens. Yeah, now she listens. So she brought this up in class, right? Yeah, actually, it's before class. So she called me into her classroom. She had a couple other of my friends that were in her classroom go find me. And I was like, wait, what did I do? And she called me in there and started asking me randomly about the Niners in the podcast. And then she went into fantasy football, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not in trouble. Well, so she didn't when she asked you, was she like, Is this is this you, Wyatt? Well, it was like, This is you, right? And I was like, Yes, that's that's us. And it was like, Oh, okay, I'm not in trouble then. Oh, that's funny. So when she called you into the class where your friends like Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, You're not in trouble and I was like, Oh, okay. What'd I do? <laughs> What'd they yeah. say when you came out and you're like, Oh, she just wanted to know about her podcast? That they were just disappointed. No, oh, they were disappointed. They were but, disappointed. But then you were the cool kid because you were on a podcast and they're not. I mean, it's just like, oh, <laughs> you're not in trouble. This just got boring. This just got boring. That is too funny. Yeah, it was two seventh graders. I'm really good friends with them, actually. But yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Obviously, that's pretty exciting. So, you know, we know at least one person's listening to us. And, she, and you told us that she was listening. And uh, so, Miss um, Spratt, right? Yes. Miss Spratt, thank you for listening. And I uh, appreciate it. And I'm glad that I'm glad that we found somebody. I know we have a few people listening, but it's, it's pretty cool that your science teacher found us specifically. I thought that was really neat. Yeah happens to be a 49ers fan. I know. That is so awesome. We've had a couple people listen from Italy. I think that's probably some of my Air Force friends that heard about my podcast. And, uh, obviously, my last my last unit was in Italy. So, yeah. Okay, so we're we're gonna get into our initial reactions for the game, Wyatt. So, what was your initial reaction from the game? Like, how do you feel about the game? Well, 
don't know. I, I'm not going to go into this overall of the game because that's difficult for me because I have very different opinions on defense and offense. Okay. Well, let's, go into, let's break it out. Tell me a little bit about the offense and tell me a little bit about the defense. The offense, I was very underwhelmed when it came into red zone. And, like, that's my, like, the biggest thing that I saw in our offense. It's just hard to think about much else when you have, what, is it four opportunities in the red zone and you capitalize on zero? Well, we we did score a touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have that one, and then we had the pick six. Yeah, yeah. So, fumble on the one-yard line, overthrown to Kittle, dropped in the red zone by Garcon. It's not like it's not like those are backup guys either. Those are supposed to be, I mean, Jimmy G obviously the Garcon drop. Um, I guess there was one backup, but fumble on the one yard line. But I mean, well, no, I mean I I hundred percent understand what you're saying. So what it actually ended up being is it was four red zone opportunities that we had, we but we missed five touchdowns. Oh, we missed five touchdowns, and the five touchdowns were you had the drop pass by Pettis, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a little bit of a good play on the defense, but he still could have come down with that. Drop pass by Pettis. We had the fumble by Alfred Morris, which was the first one. Yeah, that's that's like the biggest one that sticks out in my head. And then we had the overthrow by Kittle, our overthrow the, to Kittle. The overthrow to Kittle. Well, yeah, no, yeah. So there was, and that was in the red zone. So the overthrow to Kittle. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Then you have, so just let's, let's start from the beginning. So we had the Alfred Morris fumble. We had the drop by Dante Pettis. And then we had the overthrow to Kittle. Mm-hmm. And this one happened outside of the, the red zone. It was that giant pass to Kittle where Kittle did something and then he just oh. hands and he dropped it. Yeah, like he screwed up his stride and then just kind of mm. threw the whole play off. Yeah, and that's that's a touchdown. That's a yeah, touchdown that's pass. And that's, and that's a bigger swing than just the seven points because that's a 14-point swing because the next play, we had the pick six. Yeah. So that's a, four, right that's a 14-point swing. And we lost 16-24. to 24. We, capitalized mean, on two, we capitalized on two of those and we win the game. Well, I mean, not even just just two of those. If if Kittle catches the ball and gets a touchdown, we score a touchdown, and they don't get the the pick six. Fourteen yeah. point swing right there. Yeah. So Over that right so there. that was that was the fourth one, and then the fifth one was the the pass by Pierre Garcon that he didn't catch. Now it was a little bit of a late throw by Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was it was still in his hands. He jumped up. He had it. He got hit hard. And Pierre Grossom, we can talk about that here in just a little bit, but he he had three drop passes. And I know that they were contested passes and they were tough catches, but that's kind of what he's there for. He's there he's to catch that. those tough passes in the middle where he's going to get hit. And he was yeah. dro- He dropped three of them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so for, for the offense itself, we've talked a little bit about that. We have the red zone, the four drives with – it was just we got to do something about it. Uh, whatever we got to do, we got we have to convert red zone opportunities into points. Yes, one hundred percent. There's no question about that. Yep. And then our players have to take advantage. Jimmy Garoppolo looked a little sloppy, and that's that's something that 
definitely we need to talk about. I mean, he had three interceptions, and just that stat itself is a little alarming, right? Yeah, it's a little bit questioning. Yeah, it's a little alarming. But when you actually look at the, the passes themselves and break them down, you really only... You can say two of them were were on Jimmy Garoppolo, but really only one was 100% on Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reason why is I'm going to talk about these real quick, okay? So the first interception was the interception that the when you're watching the broadcast, they're like, oh, the wide receiver fell down, the wide receiver fell down. But then when you watch it, the ball wasn't anywhere close to the wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was nowhere near him. It was kind of off to the left. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, what happened? Well, what happened, and Jimmy Garoppolo and Shanahan kind of talked about this. I think it was Shanahan who talked about Garoppolo audibled out of the play, and the wide receiver didn't hear it. Oh. So Garoppolo threw to where the wide receiver was supposed to be in the audible. But he didn't move. Yeah, he, yeah. he so the wide receiver was supposed to cut to the inside, not the outside. So Garoppolo mm-hmm. threw to the outside, and then the wide receiver continued to cut to the inside. Or um, he Garoppolo threw to the outside, and the the yeah. inside. I'm I'm getting confused. The wide receiver cut to the outside, and Jimmy Garoppolo threw to the inside, and it was because Garoppolo audible to play. Yeah, the receiver didn't hear him. So yeah. when you look, and that's why you see in the broadcast, Garoppolo was upset genuinely upset and but it didn't look like he was like dang i missed an opportunity or i messed up right i mean he was mad and that's why so that that pass right there you're you're looking at that and that wide receiver uh, you know he didn't start the rest of the game and he actually started over richie james so richie james wasn't wasn't activated and mm-hmm. i would expect ricky ricky james to be activated from and against the lions you know, instead of him coming in yeah so then, so then we go into the second pass, right? That second pass, and that was the the slant by Pettis on the left side coming in towards the center of the field. And Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo overthrew him, and it was intercepted, right? Yeah, that one's on Jimmy G. That one was on Jimmy G, kind of. You want to hear why? Why? Okay. So when you when you actually watch that play, this is this is really and Jimmy G should should Jimmy Garoppolo really shouldn't have thrown this interception, but it's you kind of when you actually watch the play, you kind of understand what he was seeing. What Dante Pettis? One of the things that Dante Pettis is kind of known for is creating separation. That's why Kyle Shanahan loves Dante Pettis because Shanahan, if you didn't know, was a wide receiver in college, and he's very very particular about his route running, and that's what he wants. He wants quick, agile precise route runners. That's why he drafts these smaller type wide receivers as opposed to a Julio Jones, Des Bryant, contested catch wide receiver. He doesn't really ball guy. Yeah. Shanahan doesn't really care for a 50-50 ball wide receiver. It's it's not that he, you know, he he's he's talked about it before. They're nice to have, but not a necessity. A necessity are wide receivers that know the route tree. They're able to run all routes that are fast, that have accurate feet and are able to make cuts and create separation through really just precise route running itself. Yeah. And Dante Pettis is that kind of wide receiver, but he's also known for his unique way of running the way he moves his feet 
and the way he runs is a little bit off-putting towards the DBs. That's one of his assets. Mm-hmm. And that particular route, that slant, most wide receivers, when they make that slant, they cut faster. So mm-hmm. you look, there's a ton of separation. He was open. Dante Pettis was open. But when you watch the way he did it, he, he did this like weird little foot shuffle, which you're supposed to do a foot shuffle. But when he did it, he held he held his his shuffle off as he leaned to the left and he held it just about a half, maybe maybe a, a heartbeat longer than a normal wide receiver would hold that. And then he cut. And it helped create that separation. The DB really did uh, buy into it, but mm-hmm. he cut late. He cut later than most wide receivers would cut. So that pass is really, when you actually look at the the film itself, mm-hmm. that pass is really more on the relationship and the, the connection between Dante Pettis and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think in the future, that turns into a reception and not an interception. Yeah. And now that you say that, I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, you're gonna have to look up. You're gonna have to look at that that play. So I'll send you a, a link with it. Also, you know, with Game Pass, you can go onto the coach's film and kind of watch it. it. It was pretty seeable. It was pretty viewable in the broadcast. You you go back and you'll see it. It's it's really obvious that he held that cut, and you can see Jimmy Garoppolo. He anticipated Dante Pettis to cut a lot to cut a lot sooner than he did. And he just wasn't there. So that was that interception. And then the last interception, that was just Jimmy Garoppolo trying to do too much. He underthrew into the middle. I mean, he just underthrew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially going to the middle. Like, that pass has to be on target. In yeah. the middle when you're thrown into people. I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, he had three interceptions. You look at him, one of them definitely – you you wouldn't put on him. That was the wide receiver running the wrong route, a hundred percent. The second one was really miscommunication, not miscommunication, but that's that's building a rapport with your wide receivers between your wide receivers and your quarterback. And then the third one, Jimmy Garoppolo just shouldn't have thrown that ball. Sometimes you try to do too much that wasn't there. The guy wasn't open. You throw the ball away and you move on to him another day, right? Yeah, yeah throw the ball away and move on. Yeah. Okay, so then there were some bright parts of the offense, right? Yeah. What were the the things that you thought that the Niners did well on offense? Um, well, I know you're going to like maybe not agree with me here. I liked Kittle in the game. He got over through once, he screwed himself up once. So he had mistakes, one of them's not on him. But I liked the way Kittle looked in this game. I mean... Man, you thought that I wouldn't agree with you? Yeah, I don't know. It just... I don't know. This didn't seem like the ideal Kittle game, you know? But... Well, the only thing that was missing was the touchdown. And I know he had the drop pass, but Garoppolo also overthrew him. Yeah. So, did you know... Yeah, that's kind of why I I was thinking about maybe not going with Kittle, but I mean... I kind of figured one of them wasn't his fault and one of them was. Well, so Kittle, he he had the most receptions and yards of any other player on the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So Kittle had five receptions for 90 yards. 
Yeah, I would, and I would expect the most yards that with if Goodwin is not in, I would expect Kittle to come in, and like get that kind of like the best stat line on the team with Goodwin out for half the game or whatever. Yeah, I think Kittle was definitely the offensive MVP that of the 49ers, in my opinion. Kittle, he had a really good game. I mean, he came out and he had five receptions on yards. He did have that drop touchdown pass, which really could have been the difference in the game right there because it wasn't just seven points lost. It was a 14-point swing because the next play, it might have been two plays after. It was a play or two after. There was that pick six which mm-hmm. makes it a 14-point swing, and we lost by seven points. Yeah, something like that. Which that's... is just absolutely heartbreaking and heart and soul-crushing. But, but you can't, I personally say, I'm, I'm not going to go out and say, like, the game's on kill, because there's also the fumble on the one-yard line, the Pettis drop in the red zone. So it's like, it's one of those things that that's probably the biggest missed touchdown we had because it was followed up by a pick six yeah it definitely was but you know yeah it wasn't Kittle's fault it was a it was a hundred percent a team loss I mean you you look at Alfred Morris the running game fumbled the ball then you had Pierre Garçon who dropped a pass you had Dante Pettis who didn't catch a pass you had Jimmy Garoppolo who overthrew a touchdown and he was a little off he was behind he was a little a little high. He overthrew a couple people high a couple times. And so he had a little bit of, of issues, which I think is probably a good thing. You know, I mean, I, I really believed in Jimmy Garoppolo. I do. I think that he is going to be an elite level quarterback for us. But sometimes, you know, you just need that, that punch in the face to refocus. That and, you're not, you're not there yet. Keep working. One thing that I love though, is that he wasn't deterred by the interceptions when he threw that interception that first interception in the third quarter it was like there was like 10:45 in the third quarter he threw that interception and which was the audible and then he came right back and they drove right down the field now this was another opportunity where we didn't score in the end zone we had an opportunity but it, we didn't actually score we ended up only getting three points but he came out they was they weren't afraid and when he came out and got that interception there was it was two or three straight passes in a row Kyle Shanahan went to they didn't run the ball they didn't as soon as we got the ball back they were like pass 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 which I mean I think that that shows the confidence that you have in your wide receiver to to go out and do that there were a couple of the teams that after they threw interceptions this week you know they were like run 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 but that Shanahan did the exact opposite it was pass 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 so okay so another thing it was good to know not only that Shanahan believed in the receivers to still go. It was the thing to know because Shanahan believed in Jimmy G. Even though seeing the picks, seeing this stuff happen, it was good to know that that Shanahan still like, I don't really care. Yeah, that was my point. Was it was the trust in the quarterback, not the wide receivers. Yeah, no, we're on the same page with that for sure. So here's some of the other stat lines. For a running game, I, I think that I'm a, I was a little bit upset with it, and I know that we had the fumble, but more than just the fumble, you look, and Matt Breida had 11 carries for 46 yards, which was a 4.2 average. That's not too bad. That's really not bad. But he only had, I think he had one catch. Then Alfred Morris had 12 for 38 yards, which is 3.2 yards per carry, which is not great. 
That is not a great stat line. Jimmy Garoppolo did have two attempts for six yards, you know, so that was pretty cool. He had a couple a couple runs that were pretty strategically placed, and he got down, so that's that was good. Next, Russell Wilson or Cam Newton? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, not quite. But he he is athletic, so Jimmy Garoppolo is athletic, and he has that ability to run when he needs to, which is good. But you you start looking at that, and I think that our running game it really did kind of underperform, and I was kind of hoping to see a more dynamic run game. I know that we lost Derek McKinnon. I was hoping that we were going to be able to kind of make up for it. And Kyle Juszczyk did have an awesome pass that he caught. And it was a one pass for 56 yards up the, the right sideline there. And that was really good. I would really like to see him get more involved in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Breed had one catch for five yards. And that's what Not we had. Not only the passing game, I would like to see him get caught up a little bit more in the run game as well. But Yeah, yeah. And then. But you start looking at the rest of the wide receivers. So then you had Trent Taylor had four for 28 yards. And he, he did get involved. Trent Taylor had that play that he went up and tried to, during that punt where the the Vikings touched the ball. And at that point, once the Vikings touched the ball and the ball's still rolling around, that's a free play for the Niners. Anybody yes, can it, come up. If any of that team, if any of the Vikings touch the ball on any kick, it's free ball there. Yep, you automatically get the ball where it's at. So if it's still on the ground, you can go over and try and catch it. You can try and pick it up and run and get more yards and do whatever you do. So Trent Taylor, being a smart football player, went over and did that. But it's pretty funny because he's literally the smallest guy on the team. And it was pretty funny on the broadcast because there's this Trent Taylor, this little dude, but surrounded by these giant guys, and they literally just throw him to the ground. Was, and it's like, oh. Yeah, my, Trent my Taylor... He's the little Mighty Mouse guy, right? Yeah, it's like, well, hot. Right. So Dante Pettis, I thought he had a pretty good game. So he, he he's had some drop ball issues, which is kind of weird because I, I heard some crazy stat like he never dropped the ball in college. And it doesn't matter if it was, it's real or not that he never dropped the ball in college. But what what is real is that he he is known for having very secure hands. He just doesn't drop balls. And he had some drop ball issues in the preseason, and it kind of continued – throughout this game, but he did have two catches for 61 yards. Uh, he had the one TD, the one touchdown pass that we had, and it was it was a good, he he had a good showing, and he, he could definitely sees the separation there. Pierre Grosson had two catches for 21 yards, and he had a couple drops, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So then Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Bourne, he had zero catches for zero yards, and that's because and he was the one who didn't get the audible. And he is he cut right instead of left. He probably I I don't expect to see him suit up for the next game. I would expect uh, Ricky James to be the guy suiting up. Actually, that's with Kendrick Bourne deal. I'm I mean I really like Ricky James. Don't get me wrong, but it was I had the prediction that Ricky James would suit up before. Or Kendrick Bourne would suit up for Ricky James, so he's a he's a Kyle Shanahan guy. He was picked up by Shanahan for sure. Mm-hmm. This seems like his style. Yeah, and but I mean, so is Dante Pettis. That's why I picked Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick Bourne was uh he was a big guy. He was a big name last year. Not a big name, obviously, like wide re- in the NFL. But he was a Kyle Shanahan pick that we brought into the team. Yeah, kind of. To be that guy for us, to be a developmental guy, a Kyle Shanahan developmental guy, and but I think Ricky James is 
probably going to do a little bit better for us. So I, I'm excited to see him kind of get into the game. So that was really the offense there as we go through. And we're going to get into the defense, but we actually meant to talk about the injuries first and go talk about Marquise Goodwin. Kind of that's a perfect segue to go right into the injuries themselves. We did have a couple injuries, which was part of the offense and is relevant to this conversation, which Marquise Goodwin was kind of that, that first guy where it was a really weird play and it was right at the beginning of the game and it just was soul crushing to think that the way he went down, you're, you're thinking, man, that's a season-ending season injury. But it ended up just being a quad bruise. So what they reported is that he's day-to-day, Marquise Goodwin is day-to-day with a deep thigh bruise. Uh, that promises, hopefully, he's going to make it out for week two, but he's day-to-day, just a thigh bruise. He was on the sidelines, warming up, trying to get it ready to go, and he actually came out for a couple plays and then just went back off the field. Yeah. So that's good. Then our our offensive line, we had an interesting day on in the offensive line. We had Mike Person, who has he's reported to have a foot injury. It's a foot strain for Persons, and the injury isn't serious but yet it is to be determined if person will be ready to play on Sunday. So he's questionable for Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so then um, Mike Person, we just kind of talked about that. He had the foot injury, and uh, he's week to week. So then Joshua Garnett came in. So when, when Mike Person got hurt, he was our starting right guard. But that was the big battle in camp was Mike Person and Joshua Garnett. You know, like, okay, which one of the two are going to get the starting job, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of thought it was Joshua Garnett because he was our first-round pick, not last year, not this year, but the year before. And we were like, well, okay, so he lost a bunch of weight. He's going to fit. He He's more suited for the Kyle Shanahan system now that he lost weight. We'll see what happens. And Mike Person ended up getting the nod. So then Mike Person gets hurt. And we're like, oh, okay, well – it really didn't feel that bad because you're like, well, Joshua Garnett, okay, maybe we'll see what happens. And then just right after that, it's hurt. Yeah. So that was that was a little frustrating. And it ended up being a really interesting situation because now we don't have a another guard who's suited for the position. Okay, so then after, after Joshua Garnett got hurt, what happened is Mike McGlinchey, who has never played guard, apparently, um, ended up switching over uh, from right tackle to right guard. And that's because Gary Gilliam, who is our backup lineman, is a swing tackle who plays left and right tackle. So then he ended up playing tackle. And that actually ended up working out pretty well. And that was kind of surprising. But it was McGlinchey's first NFL game, and he ended up playing in a position he doesn't play. He hasn't, he hasn't practiced in, and he did pretty well. So that was good. Okay, let's get into defense just real quick, Wyatt. I know you got to get ready to go to school and you got to wake your brothers up, so we'll get this going. So the defense, you said it looked good, and I, I agree. You know, when you start talking about the defense themselves, and I, I was really expecting it to be more of a barn burner against us. So what, what were your thoughts about the defense? Uh, probably my biggest thought is between the defensive backs, I really like the DBs, and the defensive line, I feel the defensive line really stepped it up from last year. Yeah, I think the defensive line did step it up from last year. So we had the 2.5 sacks from DeForest Buckner. And at first, when you were looking, you're like, man, he's going to he's gonna give them some trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it really did look like we were going to give them some trouble. And then it just kind of 
didn't happen. We didn't end up giving as much pressure as it looked like we were going to throughout the game. But the DBs did play really well. The one thing that I thought was unusual was that with the the DBs, there was – I don't know what it is. I've heard that our DB coaches don't teach our DBs to turn their head. And you saw a couple plays where they were in really good position, but they don't turn their head to track the ball. So they weren't My able big, to – Yeah. One that I think of is – well, not really the biggest, but one of, them, one of the big examples that probably people – I mean, if you're thinking about it, you're going to notice them the most. The Akilah Witherspoon to Stefan Diggs in the end zone. Yeah. Stefan Diggs just right over the shoulder. Witherspoon had his hand on him. It was tight coverage, but his head was turned and facing the receiver, and he mm-hmm. wasn't looking. Yeah, there were a couple plays like that. And that, that seems to be a coaching decision to not teach our DBs to do that. I mean, that's that's everything that I've read is that that's what's happening. And I, I just don't understand that. And it, it, we'll have to keep track of that throughout the year and see if that changes. Mm-hmm. And for defense, yeah, I mean, it, the pass defense, our linebackers were – we had Brock Coyle. That was another injury, so he had a concussion. And we, we do seem to be a little weak. We did try out two linebackers this, this, off, this week to bring in. Of course – we have uh, Ruben Foster suspended for one more game. And once Ruben Foster gets back, I think we're going to be better. But until then, you know, we obviously have to kind of keep things going with the linebacker core. So once he comes in, I, I do think that we're going to be better within the, the linebackers. But I thought the secondary looked good. I thought Richard Sherman looked good and the defensive line looked good. So our linebackers, I think they could have played a little bit better. Although we – I think that they did play a really good job, and and uh, or they did do a really good job as a whole. Okay, bud, and I know you got to get off, and we got to go, so we can talk more about the defense later. And we might end up doing another podcast later on this week to talk about the upcoming game against the Lions. But, uh, anyways, Wyatt, I love you. Love you, Dad.